You're listening to a DM podcast. We would like to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to elders both past and present. is the Dude Cinema Podcast. But I was just like scrolling through it like nerds, nerds, nerds. Like I don't care. <laughs> Movie shaming needs to stop. Obviously a dude wrote this script. These teeth aren't friends and I'm like, I'm about it. I honestly think that this movie should just be called Red Flags. <laughs> Let me miles tell you. <laughs> Fuck you, Stanley Kubrick. This is the Dude Cinema Podcast. My name is Beck Charwood and with me is my gorgeous, funny, talented co-host, Alex J. This is the podcast where we watch all the movies that dudes have told us we have to see. And joining us in the studio today is no one. It's just no one. us. Just the two of us building castles in the sky. Just the two of two us. Two of us. We can make it if we try. we try, just the two of us. How are you, my love? Good. I mean, I'm excited just to record with you because we've had guests galore and we're going to go back to guests next week. Yes, yes, um, um, for today. It's just a little intimate get-together, a little catch-up for us. Two just ladies. two best friends hanging out. We'll be able to say what we honestly goddamn feel for once, which we never do we on never here. We never do. We hold back. We're very respectful <laughs> to the film and the filmmakers. <laughs> <laughs> How are you this I'm week? I'm good, thank you. I've uh, got my new hair going at the moment. I can't wait to see it. You haven't seen it in person. IRL, because we're currently on Zoom. Yes, yes, yes. But I'm very pumped. Thank you. It's very Gail Weathers, everyone, from Scream. <laughs> in my Gail Weathers era. If you uh, didn't see it on uh, Instagram, I don't expect that you did, but I got my hair chopped, coloured to like a dark auburn with red highlights, and, yeah, I'm in my Gail Weathers from Scream 2 era. So, Sorry, I should have classified. She has different hair in every she one. She does. She's, she's iconic. Uh, I only classify. I only clarify that because a listener commented on my post saying, um, "Oh, I was expecting you to turn around with one of those tiny fringes." And I was like, "Excuse me, sir. No, that's Gail Weathers in Scream Three. Okay, I'm talking Scream yeah. Two Weathers." <laughs> So good to get that We're cleared up. We're not that bold, uh, but I will be getting that. I will be getting the <laughs> tiniest fringe, which is just a regular size fringe for everyone else, but I have a big old forehead, so it looks real tiny. <laughs> I find your big forehead discourse so funny because I don't see it, but I love it. It's a fucking huge. How do you not see it? I you see need it. to get your prescription checked. It's normal forehead size. <laughs> I'm not. I used to be more like concerned about it, but now, like a lot of very beautiful women have big foreheads. Absolutely. Rihanna, for example, mm, gorgeous, woman. huge. <laughs> and then I haven't researched anyone else. That's you, just uh, who I want to align myself with. If you've got Rihanna with. in your camp, you don't need anyone else for any situation yeah. <laughs> or argument or point. It's not Glenn Close from Fatal Attraction. No, Fatal oh, Attraction. Which one is it? Yep. The- is it Fatal Attraction? Yes. The, the God, harsh hairline. ones that are similar. Yes. <laughs> it's not that, babe. It's not that. It's not We're that, fine. babe. 
Okay, well, I'm glad we got that cleared up as well. We're clearing yes. a lot of things up today. Mm-hmm. How's your weekend, my love? Busy, busy, mm. busy. busy. I was, uh, I went, yes, open for comedian Luke Kidgel um, on the Central Coast and in Penrith, which was so fun. Mm. He's mm. such a funny, lovely guy and it was a real honour and it was in really big theatres, which is always always a thrill. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, and then I did tri- cover Triple J weekend lunch, which was a delight. Thank you to all of the cinemates that texted in. There's always at least one or two every single shift and it's very nice. That's so cute. How do you know that they're cinemates? Do they say something like secret handshakey about it? Yes, they either sign off with Kumite oh, or uh, yes. they call themselves cinemates. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. So thank you. Yes. Right. Well, look, we're here to not Fuck around. Mm. We're going to get straight into it. Mm. If you want to hear us fuck around more, go over to Gold Class and hear about yeah. every all of the juicy details of the week. Because um, especially last week's Gold Class was about it was like 50 minutes. That was a solid fucking app. And basically you, you guys have to go across and sign up. Links are in the show notes. Beck details her entire four-day cruise with her extended family. And it's still, I think, going to be one of my favourite stories of all time. Uh, please head over. Okay. <laughs> it's I I say I've posted about it a lot on Instagram. Mm. There is a lot more gory, not gory, uh, defamatory <laughs> details in that story. If you want to head over the gold class, it is well worth it. <laughs> it's so good. But the movie that has brought us here today for our cute little one-on-one catch-up is – a movie that you brought to the table, which I'm very happy about. Yes. Uh, recently, we've been doing a lot of movies that are not accessible on streaming services. Yeah. <laughs> Either been in cinemas or you have to deep dive on YouTube or Pirate Bay to find it. Yeah. <laughs> and heavy stuff, heavy stuff, long movies. And I was like, you know what? We deserve a nice, fun mm. break. Mm-hmm. So... We dived into our list of recommendations and then did a quick comparison next to (laughs) Netflix. (laughs) And we were like, what's easy? What's fun? We were like, you know what? Hot fuzz. Yes. That looks like a goddamn ball. Let's get into it. Yeah. This was requested by George on Patreon. Mm. Uh, It's one of my all-time favourites as a Brit. There's even an extended scene where one of the main characters berates another character for not having seen a slew of action movies. Ah. Perfecto. Thank you, George. Thank you. You're the best. I can't believe we haven't – this is our first Edgar Wright film. I can't believe we haven't done one before because (gasps) he's such a – I'm going to hold you there. We have done an Edgar Wright film. What did we do? He did Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Okay. I didn't know that. Did I know that? Shit. No, it's – I had to look this up because I was like, this feels like how the movie shot. I was like, this feels familiar. Mm. I feel like we've definitely seen this before. I can so see. Yeah, I can see the similarities now for sure. But I'm sure when we when we actually reviewed it, I mustn't have done my research because I don't remember that yeah. being him. Hey, we didn't know that he, Edgar Wright had done other movies at that point. <laughs> we, would, we don't realise a director does multiple things until we've watched three of them and we're like, Oh, yeah, okay. I just was under the impression every director gets one movie and one movie only for their whole yeah, life. You better make it work. 
We actually have seen another Eggerite, not film, but piece mm. of cinema when we did Death Proof. Uh, so okay. at the start of Death Proof, you know how they had that awful, awful slew of trailers Ugh. of very horrific movies. Delete, 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 delete. Yes. Mm. Edgar Wright directed one of those. Whoa. Oh, no. Yeah. Which one? <laughs> it was the one that was called Don't and it was the horror one. And I didn't, I was going to rewatch it. And then I was like, no, I don't, I've had, I'm having a good day. I don't need to ruin it. <laughs> Let's just stay in nice hot fuzz land, not death proof land. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I forgive him for that. Mm. I do. Because <laughs> I'm. That's very strong of you. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. I'm actually like, obviously not to the extent that most people are, but I, I do, I'm a huge Edgar Wright fan. I do love his films, especially in this trilogy that Hot Fuzz is uh, a member of. I love all three films. Have you seen this before? Yeah, yeah, heaps of times. Oh, yeah. Cool. And um, and so this is a, this is part of a what they call the Cornetto trilogy. Have you heard of that? Yes. Yeah. So it's yes. this, it's Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, and The World's End. And in each each film, there's a Cornetto appears at some point, or is spoken about, or eaten, and that's the kind of like the link between each film. And I think each film has a different flavor of Cornetto. That's kind of the main like set piece, I guess. But I, yeah, outside of those three films, I'd, I've never really delved into other Edgar Wright stuff. I just love those three and the way that they're told and the casting and the little Easter eggs and how the cut the cast are very similar across all three movies and stuff. I just love it. This is my, this is a universe I can get behind kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. What's Also because there's only three movies in the whole, what is it? It would be the CU, the Cornetto <laughs> universe. CTU, the CTU. Cornetto Trilogy Universe. I love the CTU. I love the CTU. It's better than the MCU. I don't give a frick. <laughs> I haven't seen the yeah. other two, but I already know. Fucking yeah. Well, let's let's do them because they're all excellent. I can't choose which one's oh, my favorite. Can we please? I freaking yeah. love this movie. Oh, great. Excellent. Okay, so what's your history with Hot Fuzz, Edgar Wright? You obviously hadn't seen it. Yes, never seen it before, but I'd seen like scenes from it, like particularly Shaun of the Dead. Mm. I'd there's so many just like oh, yeah. clips that are cut up online into basically sketches. Yeah. And it's been on something I'm like, oh, when I get a moment, I'll watch that. I'll, I'll definitely, it feels like it's up my alley and I just never, ever got around to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's what this podcast is for, baby. Getting around exactly. to things. <laughs> <laughs> I also love Baby Driver. A little too much, I would say. I never saw that one. I mean, it's, it's drive, but like... It's basically drive, but like less violent. Okay, humorous. Yeah, um, a little bit. Yeah, hmm. and Ansel L S Elgort, Ansel Elgort in it was very because I think we were around like similar ages, and he was like, I was like, he's very sexy, he's very smooth. Then he said some interesting things on the press tour that I was like, oh fuck, why did I have to no. like this movie? Again, why do people give actors microphones? Just let them exactly. be pretty. Yeah. Yes, he had some interesting opinions about women's roles in a household. Oh, good. Ooh, goody. Yeah. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> Excited to. We'd love to hear what a 21-year-old thinks of women's. <laughs> Excited to find a fresh take finally. <laughs> mm. 
<laughs> okay, well, should we jump in? <laughs> yes, please. All right. Sergeant Nicholas Angel, expert in hand-to-hand -hand combat, armed response, and high-speed pursuit. He was so good, they reassigned him. Right. You've been making us all look bad. There's one thing you haven't taken into account, and that's what the team is going to make of this. Statistically, Sanford is the safest village in the country. Now, this big city car. You ever fired two guns whilst jumping through the air? No. You ever fired one gun whilst jumping through the air? No. Must learn. Is it true that there is a place in a man's head that if you shoot it, it will blow up? How to think small. Morning, the swans escaped. The swans escaped. Can you describe it to me? About two foot tall. Yep. Uh, long, slender neck. That's just going to scare it. <clears throat> Hot Fuzz, 2007. Hotshot police officer Nicholas Angel smells foul play when the residents of a sleepy Somerset village start to die in terrible accidents. Something's afoot and he must work with daft local plod Danny Butterman to find out what. So, Rebecca. Okay. For anyone who hasn't seen the movie Hot Fuzz, how would you describe this film? Okay. That was a pretty good description. Not bad. Pretty good yeah, description as far as descriptions go. I would say this movie is about a policeman, Nicholas Angel, who, with a Forrest Gump level of determination. <laughs> and focus. In the yeah. way that Forrest is determined to run, Nicholas Angel is determined to eradicate all crime. Yeah. And- He's bloody good at it. That is his sole focus and purpose. Nothing will distract him. But it means that the other parts of his life are kind of falling apart. He's kind of trying to have it all, but he can't because he needs to fight crime. Yeah. We can't have it all. Women have shown that for millennia, okay? Nicholas, yes. get on board. <laughs> it's good to see a man finally struggle with it. <laughs> So, look, in true office culture fashion, he is the goody two-shoes and he's making everyone else look bad, which is a plot point that I really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Movies leave that out that it's like he might be the best, but everyone fucking hates him for but, it. Yeah, not everyone's going to celebrate it, of course. <laughs> They're going to be like, fuck, yeah. that's my promotion. Fuck this guy. <laughs> Tall Bobby Syndrome exists in the UK too, guys, all right? <laughs> yes. I wonder if the US even comprehends... I don't think so. I don't think, <laughs> I think so. so. Oh, my God. we got to tear people, people. down. <laughs> gotta put we're in toxic, but we're funny, isn't it? <laughs> we're funny, isn't it? It's cute when Steve Coogan's toxic. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Yes. Love the Steve Coogan cameo, by oh, the way. that was The cameos in this. Really good. Incredible. Oh, we'll get into them. We'll get into them. Anyway, so they're like, you make us look bad. We're going to send you to a small country town because... Fuck you. And <laughs> <laughs> no explanation needed, Nicholas. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. So he also has to part ways with this girl that he's been chasing, which is a, a cameo of just Kate Blanchett's eyes. Wait, that's Kate Blanchett? <laughs> yes. Are you fucking kidding me? Yes. Again, I didn't know that off the bat. I Googled it because I was like, I know those fucking eyes. You can tell I like this movie because I looked up shit about it. <laughs> Whoa, you liked it so much you needed to know whose eyes you were looking at. Yes. Because I was like, I know those eyes. And also they were focusing <sighs> on her 
so much. Like they I was like the, for a side character that looks like she's not coming back. This is some high def shots. The cinematographer is putting wow. uh, in all the stops for these eyes. They must be famous eyes. I'm looking at it. It is. That's Kate Blanchett's eyes. What the fuck? That's incredible. Yes. I fucking love that. Hell yeah. Such a power move to put Kate uh, Blanchett in a movie that is and a just huge her power eyes. move. <laughs> so anyway, he goes to this small country town and it seems drab. It seems quiet. It seems like there's not a lot of crime except for some rowdy teenagers. Mm. But what once you peel back the layers of this perfect quiet country town, something is amiss. Something sinister is going on, mm. if I may. I feel like the word sinister mm. is very appropriate for this film. Yes, it feels culty. It feels mm. a bit like a cult. It feels cultish and cult-like in a way. I'm, I was like, I was <laughs> the thesaurus in my brain. I was like, I'll find another word for cult, and then I was. It just was like, there's only one entry for this word. I was like, fuck, damn it! Yeah, you, you just get variations of that same word now. Go, <laughs> cult, culty, cult, cultopolis, uh, cult, faint uh, 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 notes of cult, cult, <laughs> a bit of cult on the back palate. Mm, mm. <laughs> yep. But we're introduced as well to his partner, which I know his last name is, is it Nick Frost? Yes, Nick Frost. Yes, is the actor's name. Danny. Or the is, character's name. Danny, is yes. The, is the character, yeah. Yes, his partner Danny, who's a sweet, sweet, uh, naive man, but he fucking loves movies. And that's why he loves being a cop is because he gets to reenact all of these sick movie scenes. Yeah, he's the dude. He's our bloody dude. And we love him. So crazy that this, our career of research into dude cinema made me understand so many more jokes in this movie. Oh, doesn't it suck? <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't suck. It's amazing. And this is, yeah, I, I, it just like, I find that it just creeps up on you sometimes. Do you find that too? Like, cause I've lived most of my life not being a movie buff at, and not getting references and jokes and Easter eggs. And now that I know so much, they just, I, I noticed it in this movie, especially that I'm like, I know exactly what they're fucking referencing when they showed point break and bad boys two next to each other. I was like, I know, I know exactly what this is. I know exactly who he is. Oh my God. It's incredible. (laughs) But hats off to this movie because they did do something that is not usually dude cinema behavior and they showed the actual scenes that are then later referenced, which I was like, amen. Thank you. They really did. And that's so inclusive. (laughs) That's probably why I've loved this movie because even though like previous to us doing this podcast, I probably never felt excluded in it. And that's Mm. such a big point to make in movies that they're inclusive. Obviously in terms of the minority situation, but inclusive just in terms of people who don't get shit that can still get it. You have to be inclusive. You know, speaking of, with comedy particular, people have to understand the references you're talking about. Yes. Yes. I've got a joke in my set at the moment about Dolly Doctor. Great. And... Now that I I am nearly 30, peep, I have to explain what Dolly Doctor is because there's right, a whole massive portion of the audience that just do- is like, what are you talking about? The fuck are like, you talking minds about? Minds go blank. 
But that's very inclusive of you because there's a yes. lot of people, like movies, comedians, who would be like, if you don't get it, fuck you. Like if you know, you know, and this isn't for you if you don't. Um, yeah. So, yeah, fuck yeah. That's great. Yeah. Granted, I did the joke about 20 times before, before I was like, that's oh. <laughs> Oh, all the young people are continually confused <laughs> when I talk about it. How do you describe it? Um, I say that it's like uh, it's a magazine for teenagers and it had fashion and makeup and celebrities and blah, blah, blah. Who gave a fuck? No one cared. No one cared. You were just there for the sealed section where you could email in any problem you had and someone in the magazine would answer it and you would just sit in the back of your mum's Subaru being traumatised <laughs> by the things that you read. <laughs> And go to netball practice like it never fucking like it happened. Never happened. <laughs> just being like, I didn't know a penis could do that while you're like playing wing defense. Like, you just- <laughs> Great wing defense callback. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So like yourself yes. with Dolly Doctor, Edgar Wright has very nicely shown us the reference points that they're going to be using for the rest of the film because they do. It comes up a few times. I didn't even noticed yeah. that. That's that's amazing. And he would have had to get the rights to those clips and everything and I'm sure that was expensive, but he fucking did it. The Edgar Wrights. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're back. We're back together, baby. That's it. All right. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, cult-like. Cult-like, and then it turns out, oh, my God, it is a cult. They're all in on it. They've all – all of these small-town people are actually evil mm. and they are obsessed with trying to create the perfect image of a perfect town and they'll kill anyone that gets in their way. Yeah, yeah. And then that's, like, yeah, slowly unfolded throughout the film. Nicholas is, like, yeah, like you said, like, completely on guard from the moment he gets there. He knows something's off. And then there's uh, there's just really cool reveals and just, yeah, the pl- I fucking love this plot so much. So many reveals on reveals on mm. reveals. Yeah, but not intimidating or overwhelming in any way. Like, I never f- I've never felt like I'm not following the plot or anything. So, again, very inclusive, very attainable for mm. all audiences. Yes. So, uh, great. Well, we obviously both love this film. It's fucking funny. It's hilarious. Jam-packed with jokes oh. and gags. Galore. I love a gag-filled movie and not a lame one. Like, I don't like lame gag, but like a gag-filled movie where you just like everything that comes out of someone's mouth will probably be funny in some way. I fucking love it. Because you can watch yes. it over and over and over again and still get more gags. Yes. Every time you pick up something fucking new, that's like a 30 Rock. Yes. Yeah. Oh, exactly. That's a perfect example. Yeah. Gag-heavy but not lame. Yes. Yes. And you know, well, you know why? You know why? Another factoid coming up mm. from me. She did research. Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg took 18 months to write this movie. To write it? To Fuck write yeah. it. Oh, you can tell. You can tell. Yeah. It is so tight. It is so, so tight. And it's mm. only an hour and a half. And I think they've – well, that's just the thing with Edgar Wright, right, is like that he his storytelling techniques are – out of this fucking world. Like the way yeah. he jam packs in so much plot really quickly with his direction style is just something that I think a lot of people could 
benefit from in these dude movies, especially the ones that go for three hours and we watch people walking across town for 10 minutes. Oh, my God. The way – the one thing I very much know about Edgar Wright is his um, – like his style of storytelling, but his style of showing transition, like space and time transitions. And I know the there's a scene from this movie that's used a lot in examples of that, like um, how to do good storytelling, is when Simon Pegg or Chris, Chris Angel, when Angel, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when Chris Angel makes it appear. Chris Angel appears film, in this movie. He plays Detective Angel's brother. Um <laughs> The mentalist. Why is he not bringing Mind Freak on the scene to figure this one out? <laughs> when he's leaving London and goes to the town and you see him, it's just really quick shots of him on a train and then he's got he's got the, the peace lily and that's kind of like the stay, this thing that stays the whole way through. And it's like, yeah, shots and he's in the train, he's on a bus and he's like everything's so quick whereas other – filmmakers would potentially use that travel from London to the small town as like a 20-minute thing, like showing his journey, showing his mind space and everything. Edgar Wright just so perfectly communicates everything that needs to be communicated but in a scene of quick cuts that ends up being like 20 seconds long and we're there. Like I just fucking love it. It's so efficient. Yes. He doesn't waste our fucking time. He doesn't doesn't waste waste our our goddamn time. time. Yeah. He's like people are busy. If they want to see the countryside, they'll see the fucking countryside. Exactly. We're not here for that. They've seen it in every other English film ever. They know what it looks like. It's all the same. It's all the same. (laughs) It's dreary and green. (laughs) So I just like that's my favourite thing. He's such an efficient filmmaker as well as being so hilarious. And the transitions are like masterful. Like Mm. how – Everything just like the next scene matches up with the motion of the next scene or like the action that someone is doing. Yes. It's very soothing, soothing on the brain to watch. Yeah. And I just don't know why, like I know he's a revered filmmaker. I know he's very well beloved, but I just don't know why, I guess maybe he attracts a different style of fan because like he's very, he should be very similar in terms of fandom to say Quentin Tarantino, right? Because he's got a very unique style. It's all very quirky and there's some cool stuff. And he just reminds me a lot of like the Quentin universe, but his Mm. fans- And also his movies are quite violent. and Yeah, true. Yeah. And still have like quirky funny in it. But his fans, I've I've never been dude cinema- an Edgar Wright film in the same way that I've been dude cinema a Tarantino film. I think yeah. Edgar Wright fans are a lot more respectful. <laughs> that's yep. what I've decided. And also, hey, he doesn't just kill like a bunch of women well, in that's his movies. Very true. Yeah. And he doesn't say the N word. And I'm like a really big fan of people yeah. not saying the N word. Can I yeah. say that openly? Yeah. I really well, like of, when people don't say of it. What white filmmakers not making people say the N word. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Should we just should we go through cast? Because and I just there's so many fucking amazing cameos. If you haven't seen this, the cameos are going to get you on board. If nothing else oh, will, you're gonna freaking love it. All right. So first cameo I noticed was of course the Martin Freeman, Steve Coogan, and is it Bill Nye? The yes, old guy? Bill Nye's yeah. definitely in here somewhere. Yeah, they're the three who are basically telling Angel that he has to leave because he's too good. Yes. I love their their little three little musketeers comedy act. It's so cute. I just love it. It's so good. From the and also that's like in the first minute yeah. of the movie. They're like, 
Here's three fucking living legends, baby. (laughs) Of English comedy. Fucking hell. And because, like, Martin Freeman's in The World's End, so he does, like, he uses a lot of, like, similar cast and stuff, which is really cool. Yes. Next I saw Bill Bailey. He plays the uh, cop at the small village town police station that welcomes people in. And then yes. that's the the reveal that at the end it turns out there's two of them. One of them's always really tired. One of them's always really alert. And it's actually their twins. That's Bill Bailey. So fucking cool. Love a Bill Bailey. He's so mm-hmm. fucking talented and funny and he works so hard. And he tours. He tours like a motherfucker. Tours like I went to his show uh, earlier this year. It was three hours long. So he's uh, he works hard. Three hours, mm. Beck. Three hours. Three hours. What the I did 10 minutes last night and I was like, I need to lie down. I did 10 minutes two weeks ago and I'm still tired. <laughs> oh, my God. My brain's on that thing where it's like, you don't know anyone's name. Coleman. Coleman. The woman. Coleman. Olivia Coleman. Olivia Coleman. I went to say Natalie Coleman and I was like, that's not it. Yeah. Not oh my- it. Okay. I cannot believe I've done this. So I watched this the other day and Olivia. Wait, is that really her? <laughs> Olivia, it's Olivia Coleman. So she Oscar was winner, in, Olivia she was Coleman. In the, she was in the British office then because I saw that and I'm like, oh, it's the lady from the office. Was she in the office? Let me look at her. I don't think she was in the office. She was, Not in, for the a fu- I mean, I, she was in the office. She was? Yes, I totally forgot. She's the lady that comes in for an interview. She's like a journalist or something. Fuck, I forgot she was in the office. That's so crazy. It's so crazy that that's the place you recognize Olivia Coleman from. (laughs) She's in like Fleabag and like the favorite. (laughs) Fucking the, she's the queen (laughs) in the crowd. Yes, fuck. (laughs) Yeah, Olivia Coleman's and in this. It, she's a she's a little a little skanky lady with a little Yes. She a, loves innuendo. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like ha, 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 after everything she says. I love it's so joyous. An interesting thing about her character. So her character's name is Doris Thatcher. Mm-hmm. And the reason they called her Doris is because back in the day that was like not a slur, but like what's the one that's not quite a slur? Oh, okay, like a nickname, but given to female to police officers. Yeah, it was oh. a name given to female police officers in the UK. Oh, that's cute. Yes, yeah. So now they've well, they have banned it because it was like everyone be like, "Shut oh. up, Doris," and oh. she's like, "My name's Janine." <laughs> <You know. laughs> that's the new. That's Karen now. That's what we've done to Karen. Yes, Doris is the old Karen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then the next, okay, we have to give a shout out because we were forewarned that this was going to happen. But um, one of the Andes, so one of the two dumb police officers in the village, is played by the guy from Dead Man's Shoes. Yes. Yes. Uh, the whole time when he was on screen, I was just looking, I was just picturing that scene of him standing up against the fence. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just threatening the dude quietly. And I was like, I can't. It's so like. I you can't, can't go up. from that to this. No, no. you're different people. <laughs> I, I'm glad we watched it this way, though, because if, if I'd watched, like, because I didn't, when we watched Dead Man's Shooters, it had been a few years since I'd seen Hot Fuzz, so it did not click in my head. And I think it would have been uh. really weird to watch Dead Man's Shoes after this because it would have just 
actually probably would have been much nicer. We would have been able to take it a lot lighter than we did. Yeah. I wish we never watched it. Okay, uh, that's what I that think. Option. That is an option as well of wishes. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, lo- I loved him in this. I thought he was so fucking funny. There's one moment where they're standing at outside next to the car accident with the director and the leading lady and after the car accident's been discovered and there's one shot where it's both of the Andes and they're trying to like staunch Simon Pegg but the camera's right in front of them and then they walk off camera and then Dead Man's Shoes guys like pops his head back into frame to be like, and it's just so funny. Like, where was this guy in all the raping yeah. and pillaging that happened in Dead Where's the shoes? silly? Why couldn't there be silly in that movie just for a little bit? <laughs> Another cameo I noticed was Stephen Merchant, who is Drinking yes. Bass's partner. He uh, was in it at one point. P.I. Staker, the piss taker. He's the oh, guy with, yes. with, the, with this one. I just love how like British comedy has at this time has such a cute little like family of actors and they all just like cameo in each other's shit. I just love it. Yes. It seems like I would much rather go to like a British, like the BAFTAs after party than the Oscars. I think that would be rad. That'd be so fucking cool. All right, let's go. Yeah, people would actually drink as well. That's true. (laughs) We love a drink. We fucking love it. Actually, speaking of drinking, the moment in the movie where Nicholas Angel finally has a beer in the cranberry juice, (laughs) you can tell... Uh, you can tell we come from an alcoholic society because I was like, yeah, that's right. You're not better than me. Got it. You're not better than I us. Knew, <laughs> I knew you'd fall. <laughs> it was. It was like a really – it's like, oh, thank God. <laughs> now, welcome to the muck. <laughs> there's like – it's like there's um, one of the seasons of The Trip. I think two seasons actually of The Trip with Steve Coogan and Rob Brydon. They st- it starts where – and Steve is off alcohol, so he's going on this trip and not drinking alcohol. And Rob Brydon's like, what? you got to have like a wine at lunch. Like I can't be the only – he's like, all right, fine. And then the halfway through the season – uh, Steve Coogan starts drinking, and every time I see that, I'm like, oh, thank God. Um, yes. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> God, it's weird when someone doesn't. It's offensive. It's rude. <laughs> it's a trip through Italy. Jeez. Anywho, yeah. but yeah, I am. Um, and just one more cameo, or well, it's not a cameo, it's a uh, main role. Uh, the guy who plays the head of the village police, who's Danny's dad. Um, I know him from Bridget Jones. He plays Bridget Jones's father. Oh. Um, also from Moulin Rouge. He's the ringleader in Moulin Rouge. He is. Oh, He's in my God. It's just so fucking cool. So cool. Well, there's actually some other cameos. Is that there? May have slipped past you. Slip past me. Similar to the Kate Blanchett cameos. <laughs> So Garth Jennings, who is the director of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, and he does like a bunch of music videos for like Radiohead and Blur and stuff. Mm-hmm. He plays a crack addict on the street. Stop it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, which I think Martin Freeman is in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Probably. So they would be mates. Cute. Um, And... 
director of Lord of the Rings, Peter Jackson. <laughs> what? Yeah, plays at the very start, you know, in the montage where there's um, a Santa that stabs Nicholas yeah. Angel in the hand? That's yeah. Peter Jackson. No way! <laughs> yeah, hopped over from New Zealand uh, between shooting Lord of the Rings just to stab <laughs> Simon Pegg in the stab hand. Simon Pegg, I would. That's fucking awesome. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, what's your some of your favourite moments from the film? Oh, my God. Um, the scene where the police station blows up is epic. Oh, yes. Oh, there's that, that moment where the, the thing falls down and yeah. the leg goes in and he's like, shit. <laughs> yeah. So good. Um, I because also it went from like a movie that I was like, oh, this is relatively low budget to be like that would have cost so much money. True, yes, yeah, ste- so much money. Stakes were really, <laughs> really through the roof at that point. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I love the scene where the uh, priest is coming out of the church and mm-hmm. being like, "Choose peace," and the whole time I'm like, "He's evil. I know he's, he's so going to be evil." Yeah, but they drew it out for so long, and I loved that tension in that scene. Yeah, oh, that whole scene was so fucking cool. That final shootout in the town square. Oh, that's the kind of like violence when it's got levity behind it. I can get around that for sure. He's yeah. just he's just got the perfect formula. Yeah. Down pack. So those are two of my favorite moments. Oh, and of course the dude cinema moment because I yes. was like, I feel seen. I yep. feel witnessed. And when they brought that back, oh, later. So in it, Danny, you could just tell Danny wants to be a cop because he watched cop movies. That's the only reason he wants to be a cop. And so he's desperate for some action in this tiny town. And he says that, like, his favourite moment of point break, well, then we watch it, it's where he, like, goes to shoot the guy and he can't, so he just shoots in the air instead. He goes, yeah! <laughs> and he <laughs> fucking gets to do it later because he has to shoot his dad, but he can't. Like, beautiful, beautiful storytelling. Oh, so good. I yes. was crying with laughter because yeah. I was like, this is so <sighs> funny because also it's just such a dude thing to, like, recreate a scene. Like, even though it's, like, it makes sense for the plot. It's sure. just like he's a boy living out a dream. It's just such a beautiful little thing. Like they could have easily not had that whole sequence in there and it would still work. But just like that added layer to Danny's character was just so beautiful because then when he does finally get the action that he's been just craving, it's just so satisfying. And he gets to, and he gets to be like he talks in bad boys kind of talk, like how Will Smith and Martin like talk to each other and stuff. It's just so good. I fucking loved it. <laughs> Fuck yes. What were your favourite um, points? I Okay. Iconic. The jumping over the fences scene. Yes. Uh, oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> so visually pleasing and I just fucking love Edgar Wright. So that's great. The I just love I love how he like kind of matched the dichotomy, if I will, of the hectic violence. Thank you. The hectic violence that was going on with just the mild manneredness of a sleepy English town. Like 
when he's chasing that shoplifter through the town, like just which is where he goes to the fences and jumps the fences, chasing that shoplifter. At the time, we don't know that the neighborhood watch is evil yet. And all they're doing is just like radio, like walkie talking to each other as they're watching Simon Pegg just brash through this town, just going, oh, Detective Angel's in a spot of bother. Like it's just, I yeah. love, I love that comparison. It's so fucking smart. And it never, like, he always finds new ways to, like, yeah. I- do that and also yes. the comparison of someone who's so serious that's why he's so funny because he takes it so seriously and he doesn't break and he's fucking determined and everyone's yeah. like what are you on about yeah <gasps> it's a it's a, a a swan has got loose what are yeah. you on about <laughs> um another one scene i loved is the beginning of that end shootout scene where like I, I think Simon Pegg's a very good looking man, obviously. But he is particularly in this, he's yes, very sexy. Because he's very yeah, because World's End and Shaun of the Dead, he's the loser character in both of those. Whereas in this one, he's the hero character. Like he's or, always on top. And Danny's the loser character. But anyway, um him fucking riding into town on that horse with those two fucking massive guns coming out the back of him and oh, oh I loved it I just needed it's an energy moment. it's an energy oh I like the control this man has on this entire situation right now is so hot I loved it confidence it's real BDE. Porn. yes yes Woo, yeah, very attractive Ooh. to him then. <laughs> I loved the just little callbacks. I had to write this one down, the fascist hag thing. So at the beginning when he start, he first checks into the motel, the lady at the motel desk is doing a crossword and she just says to him, fascist. And he's like, what? And she's like, oh, it's two down, fascist. And then later she's kind of rude to him and he goes, hag. And she's like, excuse me? And he goes, oh, that's three down is hag. And then later at the end when he's finally actually shooting out with that woman, she goes, fascist! And then she, he shoots her in the head and says, hag. I love it! Uh-huh. Callback, so callback, brilliant. callback. So we love brilliant. it. Good. That's a callback on a callback. It is. The fuck yeah, fucking great. And just the moment when Danny finally joins him, he finally moves through all this stuff around his dad and figuring out what's happening in the – in the town and he finally joins him and they get to point break it. Ugh. Joyous. The point breaking it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this movie. I love this movie. I freaking I'm so glad that we did it. Yeah. Thank you so much to who was it? George. Thank you, George. George, George on the Patreon. For um requesting that. Glad we finally got around to it. Me too. What a joy. Okay. This is very, very cute. Mm-hmm. So the judges for the best kept village competition are played by a man called Peter Wilde, but then the other two are played by Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg's mums. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, they got their mums in the movie. How cute is that? Both of their mums play judges. That is adorable. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed yep. with this movie. And nepotism, oh. guys, and straight up nepotism. nepotism and okay. This movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's nepotism for someone's mum. <laughs> yes. It's like no one talks about reverse mom. nepotism. <laughs> it's like a nepo baby, but a nepo mummy. <laughs> yeah. Just like in The Godfather. Yeah. 
Oh gosh. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, we've got a guest coming in next week, and uh, just a little teaser. You guys, we're doing a, another David Lynch film. We're jumping into yes. another Lynchian situation. <sighs> so hopefully, this can kind of fix the palette that was created around uh, what's that one we Mulholland Drive. Drive. And it was a street name. Yeah. But after that, maybe we should do another. Edgar Wright, a little another tricky. Cornelio a trilogy. Little, um, are you saying that we should do Shaun of the Dead? Yeah, let's do Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> okay, I would love that. I would love that. I love that. So two weeks from now, Shaun of the Dead, baby. <laughs> Yay, that's exciting. Well, Alexia, well, I have some yes, questions my, for you. Oh, of course you do. Of course. I'm so sorry. I think I already know the answer. Well, we, you revealed a little bit of it. Mm. Did this movie make you horny? Yeah, it did. Yeah, my love. My love for Simon Pegg has been reignited. And just also horny for good storytelling in a movie that's inclusive and doesn't yes. feel intimidating. Yes. That How they delicately days. handled dude cinema in this was sexy. Very sexy. So what about you? Did you get horned? Uh, a little bit for the competency of mm. Simon Pegg, particularly that montage at the start. I was like, oh, oh. he's just getting it done. Yeah. <laughs> and, just- and he doesn't look like – he doesn't seem like any kind of a – shitty awful mean cop either doing the bad things mm. you know which is yeah you know unbelievable these days so that was crazy nice to see. and that's how we know it's a comedy yeah <laughs> that's the suspension of disbelief yes um and number two would you recommend this movie on a date absolutely oh my god this would be a great date movie oh this is yes. it's, it's jam-packed but it's quick it's so funny even if the person's seen it before, I don't think you can really like dude cinema the shit out of this one. Even if someone's looking at you when the jokes happen, they're funny enough, you can laugh and it won't be weird. Um, yeah. What about you? I 100% agree. And also, as you said earlier, there's so many gags in it, you can watch it multiple times. Mm. So if this person happens to be the love of your life and you watch this in your first couple of dates, years down the track, you can watch it again. You can circle back. And get more gags from it. Mm. Mm, it's a fertile soil. Love that. <laughs> and ratings. I mean, I think we have to do how many vanilla cornettos? Oh, of course. Beautiful. Out of five. Beautiful. I'm going to give it a five, dude. I can't fault it. There's nothing I want to take away from it. Even the, like, this is where I usually kind of round up in my head the female representation in a film and everything. Um there were a lot of women in this. They all got to shoot guns and shit. They all got to be fucking great. I fu- oh, also another little caveat: the the lady who owns the pub was a very small role in season two of uh, Alan Partridge. So that's this little <laughs> Easter egg for anyone as well. But yeah, just like I love all of the the female characters, I thought were really cool and weren't sexualized uh, like they normally are. So yeah, I give it a five. I can't take it away. What about you? Yeah. I had the similar thought because I was like, there's not a lot of women in this movie. Mm. It's a very white movie as well. Sure. But I thought it was really interesting, the writing of Olivia Coleman's character, mm. is that she wants to be sexualized. Yes, like, yes. She finds her power in being sexualized and sexualizing herself. And the progression of the film, like <laughs> Nicholas Angel joining in on that because that's what she wants. So yeah. when she feels comfortable, I was like, that's 
Cool. I yeah. fucking love that. And That's but, sick. And also none of them were mean to her. Like none of them crossed the line or anything with her at any point. It was all mm. very much like, no, this is just this is just how she is. These are her mates. She's grown up in this town. They all know her really well. It's not derogatory. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. It was very, very cool. And they've got their mums on set. <laughs> is that a five? Five. Oh. It's a five Cornettos from me. Yummy. That's right. You're going to have to buy a box and then go to the petrol station to get one that is not one for in, not wait, <laughs> for no, the four sale. for not individual <laughs> sale and then one from the petrol station that is for individual sale. Yeah. And the one for individual sale will cost the same as four for not individual sale. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us yet again. As we mentioned up top, we've got Gold Class on Apple, Spotify, and Patreon. Links are all in the show notes. Head over there to hear all about Beck's four-day family cruise. It's a wild time. It's uh, crazy. Um, and the footage is on my Instagram if you want to. If you want to double, beautiful. Double up. It's a great companion piece to the Gold Class. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and also, hey, if you want to support the podcast in any other way, we've got merch. Mm. And also, if you leave us a five-star review, holy hell, we'll be so thankful. It really, really helps. Uh, like this bloody legend. Like this legend, Disso Baby 8R from the United States of America. Five stars, binge listen. Not everyone has to have seen every single movie that is a staple of pop culture. That's where Alex and Beck come in. They review the movies that people lose their minds when you tell them you haven't seen. It's the best. Maybe those movies are 10 years older than you. Maybe they're just crap. You don't have to watch them. Just listen to these two amazing comedians instead. Have a much more positive experience and feel justified in not having watched a movie you never wanted to see. Ladies, please review Spirited Away, for which I've been dude cinemaed by all genders. I tried, got to the appearance of the pig parents, and was so grossed out I shut it off. I would be much obliged if you explained why it's so great. Love you both, Akumite to you. Hell yes. That's, That's we've had we've had anime on our list for quite some we time. We have. We've been a bit scared, but maybe it's time to mm. jump in. That's from That's Hannah's it. username uh, in the States. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Hannah's username. <laughs> Oh, was it just a baby? Yeah, I don't know. She must have changed her handle or something because the original email has just a baby, but then she must have changed it. Oh, okay. All right. right. Well, until next week, my loves. Akumite to you. And Akumite to you and yours. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye.